book five chapters four through six of a hero of our time by mikhail yurovich lermontov translated by j h wisdom and mar murray this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book five the third extract from pechorin's diary princess mary chapter four may twenty first nearly a week has passed and i have not yet made the ligovsky's acquaintance i am awaiting a convenient opportunity grushnitsky follows princess mary everywhere like a shadow their conversations are interminable but when will she be tired of him her mother pays no attention because he is not a man who is in a position to marry behold the logic of mothers i have caught two or three tender glances this must be put a stop to yesterday for the first time vera made her appearance at the well she has never gone out of doors since we met in the grotto we let down our tumblers at the same time and as she bent forward she whispered to me you are not going to make the ligovsky's acquaintance it is only there that we can meet a reproach how tiresome but i have deserved it by the way there is a subscription ball to-morrow in the saloon of the restaurant and i will dance the mazurka with princess mary chapter five may twenty ninth the saloon of the restaurant was converted into the assembly room of a nobles club the company met at nine o'clock princess ligovsky and her daughter were amongst the latest to make their appearance several of the ladies looked at princess mary with envy and malevolence because she dresses with taste those who look upon themselves as the aristocracy of the place concealed their envy and attached themselves to her train what else could be expected wherever there is a gathering of women the company is immediately divided into a higher and a lower circle beneath the window amongst a crowd of people stood grushnitsky pressing his face to the pane and never taking his eyes off his divinity as she passed by she gave him a hardly perceptible nod he beamed like the sun the first dance with a polonaise after which the musicians struck up a waltz spurs began to jingle and skirts to rise and whirl i was standing behind a certain stout lady who was overshadowed by rose-coloured feathers the magnificence of her dress reminded me of the times of the farthingale and the motley hue of her by no means smooth skin of the happy epoch of the black taffeta patch an immense wart on her neck was covered by a clasp she was saying to her cavalier a captain of dragoons that young princess ligovsky is a most intolerable creature just fancy she jostled against me and did not apologize but even turned round and stared at me through her lorgnette it's impossible and what has she to be proud of it is time somebody gave her a lesson that will be easy enough replied the obliging captain and he directed his steps to the other room i went up to princess mary immediately and availing myself of the local customs which allowed one to dance with a stranger i invited her to waltz with me she was scarcely able to keep from smiling and letting her triumph be seen but quickly enough she succeeded in assuming an air of perfect indifference and even severity carelessly she let her hand fall upon my shoulder inclined her head slightly to one side and we began to dance i have never known a waist more voluptuous and supple her fresh breath touched my face at times a lock of hair becoming separated from its companions in the eddy of the waltz 
glided over my burning cheek i made three turns of the ballroom she waltzes surprisingly well she was out of breath her eyes were dulled her half-open lips were scarcely able to whisper the indispensable merci monsieur after a few moments silence i said to her assuming a very humble air i have heard princess that although quite unacquainted with you i have already had the misfortune to incur your displeasure that you have considered me insolent can that possibly be true would you like to confirm me in that opinion now she answered with an ironical little grimace very becoming however to her mobile countenance if i had the audacity to insult you in any way then allow me to have the still greater audacity to beg your pardon and indeed i should very much like to prove to you that you are mistaken in regard to me you will find that a rather difficult task but why because you never visit us and most likely there will not be many more of these balls that means i thought that their doors are closed to me for ever you know princess i said to her with a certain amount of vexation one should never spurn a penitent criminal in his despair he may become twice as much a criminal as before and then sudden laughter and whispering from the people around us caused me to turn my head and to interrupt my phrase a few paces away from me stood a group of men amongst them the captain of dragoons who had manifested intentions hostile to the charming princess he was particularly well pleased with something or other and was rubbing his hands laughing and exchanging meaning glances with his companions all at once a gentleman in an evening dress coat and with long moustaches and a red face separated himself from the crowd and directed his uncertain steps straight towards princess mary he was drunk coming to a halt opposite the embarrassed princess and placing his hands behind his back he fixed his dull grey eyes upon her and said in a hoarse treble permit me but what is the good of that sort of thing here all i need say is i engage you for the mazurka very well she replied in a trembling voice throwing a beseeching glance around alas her mother was a long way off and not one of the cavaliers of her acquaintance was near a certain aide-de-camp apparently saw the whole scene but he concealed himself behind the crowd in order not to be mixed up in the affair what said the drunken gentleman winking to the captain of dragoons who was encouraging him by signs do you not wish to dance then all the same i again had the honour to engage you for the mazurka you think perhaps that i am drunk that is all right i can dance all the easier i assure you i saw that she was on the point of fainting with fright and indignation i went up to the drunken gentleman caught him none too gently by the arm and looking him fixedly in the face requested him to retire because i added the princess promised long ago to dance the mazurka with me well then there's nothing to be done another time he said bursting out laughing and he retired to his abashed companions who immediately conducted him into another room i was rewarded by a deep wondrous glance the princess went up to her mother and told her the whole story the latter sought me out among the crowd and thanked me she informed me that she knew my mother and was on terms of friendship with half a dozen of my aunts i do not know how it has happened that we have not made your acquaintance up to now she added but confess you alone are to blame for that you fight shy of every one in a positively unseemly way i hope the air of my drawing-room will dispel your spleen do you not think so 
i uttered one of the phrases which everybody must have ready for such an occasion the quadrilles dragged on a dreadfully long time at last the music struck up from the gallery princess mary and i took up our places i did not once allude to the drunken gentleman or to my previous behaviour or to grushnitsky the impression produced upon her by the unpleasant scene was gradually dispelled her face brightened up she jested very charmingly her conversation was witty without pretensions to wit vivacious and spontaneous her observations were sometimes profound in a very involved sentence i gave her to understand that i had liked her for a long time she bent her head and blushed slightly you are a strange man she said with a forced laugh lifting her velvet eyes upon me i did not wish to make your acquaintance i continued because you are surrounded by too dense a throng of adorers in which i was afraid of being lost to sight altogether you need not have been afraid they are all very tiresome all not all surely she looked fixedly at me as if endeavouring to recollect something then blushed slightly again and finally pronounced with decision all even my friend grushnitsky but is he your friend she said manifesting some doubt yes he of course does not come into the category of the tiresome but into that of the unfortunate i said laughing of course but do you consider that funny i should like you to be in his place well i was once a cadet myself and in truth it was the best time of my life is he a cadet then she said rapidly and then added but i thought what did you think nothing who is that lady thereupon the conversation took a different direction and it did not return to the former subject and now the mazurka came to an end and we separated until we should meet again the ladies drove off in different directions i went to get some supper and met werner aha he said so it is you and yet you did not wish to make the acquaintance of princess mary otherwise than by saving her from certain death i have done better i replied i have saved her from fainting at the ball how was that tell me no guess o oh, you who guess everything in the world chapter six may thirtieth about seven o'clock in the evening i was walking on the boulevard grushnitsky perceived me a long way off and came up to me a sort of ridiculous rapture was shining in his eyes he pressed my hand warmly and said in a tragic voice i thank you pechorin you understand me no but in any case it is not worth gratitude i answered not having in fact any good deed upon my conscience what but yesterday have you forgotten mary has told me everything why have you everything in common so soon as this even gratitude listen said grushnitsky very earnestly pray do not make fun of my love if you wish to remain my friend you see i love her to the point of madness and i think i hope she loves me too i have a request to make of you you will be at their house this evening promise me to observe everything i know you are experienced in these matters you know women better than i women women who can understand them their smiles contradict their glances their words promise and allure but the tone of their voice repels at one time they grasp and divine in a moment our most secret thoughts at another they cannot understand the clearest hints take princess mary now yesterday her eyes as they rested upon me were blazing with passion to-day they are dull and cold 
that is possibly the result of the waters i replied you see the bad side of everything materialist he added contemptuously however let us talk of other matters and satisfied with his bad pun he cheered up at nine o'clock we went to princess ligovsky's together passing by vera's windows i saw her looking out we threw a fleeting glance at each other she entered the ligovsky's drawing-room soon after us princess ligovsky presented me to her as a relation of her own tea was served the guests were numerous and the conversation was general i endeavoured to please the princess jested and made her laugh heartily a few times princess mary also was more than once on the point of bursting out laughing but she restrained herself in order not to depart from the role she had assumed she finds languor becoming to her and perhaps she is not mistaken grushnitski appears to be very glad that she is not infected by my gaiety after tea we all went into the drawing-room are you satisfied with my obedience vera i said as i was passing her she threw me a glance full of love and gratitude i have grown accustomed to such glances but at one time they constituted my felicity the princess seated her daughter at the pianoforte and all the company begged her to sing i kept silence and taking advantage of the hubbub i went aside to the window with vera who wished to say something of great importance to both of us it turned out to be nonsense meanwhile my indifference was vexing princess mary as i was able to make out from a single angry gleaming glance which she cast at me oh i understand the method of conversation wonderfully well mute but expressive brief but forceful she began to sing she has a good voice but she sings badly however i was not listening grushnitski on the contrary leaning his elbows on the grand piano facing her was devouring her with his eyes and saying in an undertone every minute charmant delicious listen said vera to me i do not wish you to make my husband's acquaintance but you must without fail make yourself agreeable to the princess that will be an easy task for you you can do anything you wish it is only here that we shall see each other only here she blushed and continued you know that i am your slave i have never been able to resist you and i shall be punished for it you will cease to love me at least i want to preserve my reputation not for myself that you know very well oh i beseech you do not torture me as before with idle doubts and feigned coldness it may be that i shall die soon i feel that i am growing weaker from day to day and yet i cannot think of the future life i think only of you you men do not understand the delights of a glance of a pressure of the hand but as for me i swear to you that when i listen to your voice i feel such a deep strange bliss that the most passionate kisses could not take its place meanwhile princess mary had finished her song murmurs of praise were to be heard all around i went up to her after all the other guests and said something rather carelessly to her on the subject of her voice she made a little grimace pouting her lower lip and dropped a very sarcastic curtsey that is all the more flattering she said because you have not been listening to me at all but perhaps you do not like music on the contrary i do after dinner especially grushnitski is right in saying that you have very prosaic tastes and i see that you like music in a gastronomic respect you are mistaken again i am by no means an epicure i have a most wretched digestion 
but music after dinner puts one to sleep and to sleep after dinner is healthful consequently i like music in a medicinal respect in the evening on the contrary it excites my nerves too much i become either too melancholy or too gay both are fatiguing where there is no positive reason for being either sorrowful or glad and moreover melancholy in society is ridiculous and too great gaiety is unbecoming she did not hear me to the end but went away and sat beside grushnitski and they entered into a sort of sentimental conversation apparently the princess answered his sage phrases rather absent-mindedly and inconsequently although endeavouring to show that she was listening to him with attention because sometimes he looked at her in astonishment trying to divine the cause of the inward agitation which was expressed at times in her restless glance but i have found you out my dear princess have a care you want to pay me back in the same coin to wound my vanity you will not succeed and if you declare war on me i will be merciless in the course of the evening i purposely tried a few times to join in their conversation but she met my remarks rather coldly and at last i retired in pretended vexation princess mary was triumphant grushnitski likewise triumph my friends and be quick about it you will not have long to triumph it cannot be otherwise i have a presentiment on making a woman's acquaintance i have always unerringly guessed whether she would fall in love with me or not the remaining part of the evening i spent at vera's side and talked to the full about the old days why does she love me so much in truth i am unable to say all the more so because she is the only woman who has understood me perfectly with all my petty weaknesses and evil passions can it be that wickedness is so attractive grushnitski and i left the house together in the street he took my arm and after a long silence said well you are a fool i should have liked to answer but i restrained myself and only shrugged my shoulders end of book five chapter six recording by expatriate in bangor maine